off and i'm living it that sounds nice i would kill for two weeks off right now yeah like i would do a murder <laughs> very specific people <laughs> uh, just anyone really like that would be good okay please don't arrest me though because i really do not i don't like blood i'm not smart enough to, to do murder um <laughs> this i have is, not killed this anybody this podcast is satire and does not contain any actual confessions to crimes <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we need that as a disclaimer just so that I don't get arrested one day someone's gonna pull up all these podcasts and be like clearly yeah we should have seen we should have seen the signs (laughs) maybe we can get (laughs) when they interview people in the in the true crime documentary they're gonna be like well I would say that she I never thought it was gonna happen but did you hear that podcast Uh, that seems to be a talking point today I don't know where the source is on Reddit, but, or not on Reddit, on Twitter, but people are talking about true crime and how it's not good, it's just, like, voyeurism, and it's like, I mean, it's more complicated than that. It's neither, people are like, oh, it's bad because you're just taking pleasure in other people's pain, and it's like, that's not all, there's definitely a spectrum of true crime stuff. I don't know if I take pleasure in watching true crime. Like, I don't think, gee, I want to feel happy. I'm going to watch some documentary about a murderer. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has some problems. Like, it's very white, obviously. Like, the victims Mm -hmm. tend to be very white. But I think true crime can be extremely important in exposing the flaws of the system that we are forced to live under. And also, it it can help people see how to be safer. And then you get... Cases where it's like, I'll be gone in the dark, right? Patton Oswalt's wife's Michelle McNamara. Yeah, which which actually helped to catch the guy. Yeah. Like it it's not just, oh, I wanna have some lulls, I'm gonna watch some true crime. It's there are true crime has a function, mostly. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about unsolved mysteries. Like I'm not not specifically talking about unsolved mysteries here, because I feel like unsolved mysteries is kinda hmm. Yeah, like like Zodiac and stuff. I just I listen to several true crime podcasts. Well, two I guess. (laughs) And you know, they just covered the Zodiac and how we don't really know who he is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's just like I mean that that happened a while back. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I have no (laughs) My brain is fully fried. But like, like people are inherently fascinated by unsolved crimes. It can help them get solved. That's not the primary purpose of them, though. No. And I think it is also important to get, like, eyes on certain things. It's important to spread awareness of certain things. And then you have true crime documentaries like Class Action Park, where you're just watching Jackass in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I do have a problem with, though. I do have a problem with all these like serial killer dramas where they make the serial killer look hot. Yeah, Hannibal, and like it's the whole Ted Bundy thing, right? Ugh. Where everybody's like, "Oh my god, Ted Bundy is so attractive." It's like, no, he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, he's an actual <laughs> monster. Like, no, can you calm your tits for five minutes? I, I, I. I worry about people who are like, who's your favorite serial killer? I'm like, mm, I don't think that's a thing you're supposed to have a favorite of. 
That's just me, though, personally. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, it's gonna be a no from me. No, mm, I'll tell you who about who my favorite comic book serial killers are all day, but they're fictional people, and that's different. Yeah, or like Dexter, where it's like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he kills serial killers. It's like okay, but he's still like a murderer. It's like one time my big sister said to me, "Have you ever seen the show The Blacklist?" I was like, "No." She was like, "I feel like you'd really like it, not because you're a psychopath or anything. <laughs> I just feel like you'd like it." It's like, wow, gee, thanks for selling this to me. <laughs> it's fun to kind of root for the bad guy sometimes, but also like you need to make sure that you're not uh, sympathizing with them too much. They still need to get their comeuppance. Like in most of the good yeah. parts of Game of Thrones, you got bad people that are fun. Bad things happening to bad people. Yeah, yeah. but bad things happen to them. Mm-hmm. And we love it. Yeah. Yeah, so... And if you do sympathize with the with the bad character, and you're supposed to, that's what we call an anti-hero, guys. I feel like I really need to, like, express this, because I've seen a lot of, like, clickbait articles where it's like, ooh, bad guys who are designed for you to love them. I'm like, that's an anti-hero. That's, that's an anti-hero. That's you have no concept of, of storytelling tropes. The top three are, this like... stupid. Walter White, Tony Soprano, and um, from Mad Men, oh, Don Draper. Yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, yeah. That, those were the three anti-heroes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we talked about. That's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, specifically Breaking Bad, well, and also The Sopranos. Actually, Don Draper too. What happens is <laughs> people end up <laughs> hating their wives. We hate Betty, mm-hmm. we hate Carmella, we hate Skylar, because they're preventing the cool, fun men from doing their crimes. And it's like... I'm doing cool, fun man crimes. That's not exactly what was intended, but if they're... If the message is getting misread so often, then maybe you need to like go back and readjust some of your scripts to focus on those characters more. Oh my god, I saw I saw a fucking clickbait article where it was like fifteen times in Marvel movies where they spoiled the ending at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> I learned that in eighth grade. Like, that's not spoiling. That's a fucking writing skill, you fucking moron. Like. Oh god, it makes me so mad. Yeah. I hate it. Just read a book. Read a fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. Anyway. Well, hello, and welcome to Are You Serious? A Journey Through Bad Reddit Relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme, and I don't remember what number it is, but it's early 70s. 72. 72? 73? <laughs> 72. There we go. You gotta write in one. I'm just... I, I, I need to just be be, be honest this time. <laughs> you know? We've, we've, we've come so far together. You, me, the listeners. They, they all know I can't count. I think I just need to get it out. The there. only math we know how to do is divide by two and add seven for our age. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the only math we can do. If I can count it on my hands, we're good. But I don't have 70 fingers. So. Okay, so I got some interesting ones today. Uh, the first one I have today is a bit... I'm interested to see where you land on it. Okay. OP is in her late 50s. Her husband's in his early 60s. Their kids are 27, 25, and 21. Okay. Am I the asshole for telling my daughter she can't live with us after college? Okay. I am in my late 50s and my husband is in his early 60s. We're middle class people who have made our children our priority. We're not rich, but have lived frugally so our children can have a fully paid for college education and we can retire comfortably. That sounds nice. Yeah. My husband was just offered a huge early retirement compensation package if he retired early, which is going to allow us to retire five years earlier than we planned. 
Two of our children, 27, 25, and 21, still live with us. Our oldest moved out two years ago, and our son is in the process of looking for a home to purchase. The oldest two have decent jobs in the area and have lived with us rent-free until they were able to move out. Mm -hmm. Our youngest is a senior in college. Each child lived with us through college to save on room and board costs rent-free. We also paid for all the tuition, books, and expenses, and whatever they earned from work was for them. Since we can retire earlier, we want to sell our house and buy an RV to travel around the country and eventually settle into an LCOL area. Low cost of living. I got that. Uh, (laughs) I I was going to look that up beforehand, but I just figured out what it meant. Our youngest is furious at us. She plans on going to a local law school after college and is mad she is going to have to take out loans for room and board there on top of tuition. She says it's unfair since her siblings have lived with us until age 25 and she should be able to also. My husband and I have made a plan for me to keep working for the next year so our daughter can finish college debt-free and have health insurance from my job. When I told my daughter this, she said it would only be fair if we agreed to pay her rent through law school. We cannot afford this and live our dream of RV living. I feel like we sacrificed so much for our kids, and we just want to live our dream now that we're grown up and mostly settled. But I feel horrible, too. Am I the asshole for not giving each child the same opportunity? Man, this is a hard one. This is like, on the one hand, you shouldn't feel like you've sacrificed your health and happiness for children. That's that's one thing, right? The other thing is, while it is kind of unfair, like, they shouldn't be expected to fund their adult child's life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see where, I can definitely see where she's coming from, though. Like, the youngest kid. Yeah, because it's... It's not the same as what her siblings got. Her siblings got to live, like, the middle child's 25 and he's still living with them. So it sucks that she's not getting, like, the same stuff. Are there other family members that she could stay with? If it's local, could she live with one of her siblings for a while? If they're buying houses, is there going to be a spare room that she can live in just while she's Getting sorted out. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some sort of compromise here. There, there has to be something where they can still get what they want for their retirement, but she can also have some of the benefit of what her parents gave up so that her older siblings could have. Yeah, and it's like, I get it. They planned on, uh, I mean, he can still retire. And oh, they yeah. don't have to move right away, though. I mean, I get it. They don't want to no. put their life on hold. Yeah, anymore. Anymore, right? than they already have and they got this opportunity to retire early so that's great they said also in the comments that um they can't buy the rv unless they sell the house so basically they have to she can't stay in the house while they're rving right and she has not applied to law schools yet oh so she's just starting her senior year because it's because it's september so well this changes things if she hasn't applied yet then that's she can just apply somewhere else like i i if it was set in stone, if she was like actually at law school or she was going next semester and they were like, well, we're up, we're moving house, see you later, like that would fucking suck. That would be really assholish because trying to find a, somewhere to live mid semester in a college town, that's fucking rough. OP says that she's going to keep working her job for the next year so that she can keep, the daughter can keep the health insurance. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> like like that's already they're doing something for her clearly i mean they have time to figure out what's happening it's not like they're just like yeah. bye you know it's there are conversations that need to be had and like does the youngest child have any savings is there any way that she can 
dip into her savings this time and then you know it doesn't seem like it and i mean i do feel for her because the plan changed oh yeah i feel bad yeah right she was planning on you know the next four or five years being able to stay with her parents that sucks Mm -hmm. yeah um the judgment on this one was no assholes here which i totally agree with like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, this is a tough no assholes situation i mean yeah if the the Brother is buying a house. Maybe she can stay with him and pay, you know, what you can. Pay for utilities and Minimal food, rent, yeah. Stuff like that. Buy your buy your own food, pay electric or, like, half the cable bill or whatever. Like, but she shouldn't have to miss out, but also they shouldn't have to miss out either. Like, they've done their time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, now my mum is retired. She's living her best life. Honestly, she was fucking in Madeira. For two weeks or whatever, like driving classic cars and <laughs> with a new boy toy. It's like fucking hell, mom. <laughs> like save some for the rest of us. But it's it's pretty funny because um she she's got her little house back home and it's like, well, when am I supposed to come and visit you, mom? <laughs> like you have to stop going places so that I can actually come home and be like, hey mom. But the, the rule in our house was if we're in university. Or in education, we didn't have to pay rent. Yeah. If we had a full-time job and we weren't in education, we had to pay for what we used. So utilities, like toilet paper, groceries, stuff like that. Um, Which worked out real nice, you know? Um, I never paid rent. I managed to save my money. I was able to buy a car and whatever. That was really good. And then I could move out on my own and that was great. Um, But I moved out at like 23 so no 22 22 i'm also wondering what her major is because if she's like an english major Mm -hmm. you have a very slim chance i mean although it does seem like they do live in a city since they have a local law school yeah local law school jesus 902 yeah is that an area code that's in their username so i'm like hmm it's nova scotia the 902 area code i know nothing i know nothing about nova scotia I don't even know where it is. Is it north? It's in Canada. Oh, yeah, it is north. Cool. (laughs) I mean, everything's north of me, but... (laughs) Everything is north. Yeah, maybe. It's it's her username's existing pumpkin902, so I don't know if she actually lives there or uh, if that's just a random number. It's a random number. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't don't think it's, it's... It would suck for the daughter to have to put off her law school stuff, but again, maybe we can live with... Where does the older sibling live? The oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation you need to have that excludes people's feelings, right? Because she's going to go into this conversation going, but it's not fair and I'm hurt and this you treat them better than me, rah, rah, rah. But that's not actually what it's about. Like, nobody's doing this on purpose. They're not excluding her, you know. They need to put it as like, okay, here's what we can do. To make mm-hmm. this easiest on you. This needs to be a discussion about finances rather than about family. Yeah. Like, this is the money that we have. This is what we can afford. This is the money you have. This is what you can afford. This is the plan we need to make. Because we, we are not going to put off our retirement. You shouldn't put off your law school. I want, we want to make sure that you're provided for. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what the conversation needs to be. And, um, like, law school doesn't really allow for that, for you to have, like, that much... Uh, time for a job, time. yeah. But <laughs> she can at least pay for utilities 
you know, at one of her siblings' mm-hmm. houses or whatever. Yeah. That will be good. Yeah. I mean, that would be good for the son who's looking to get a home. That would ease the burden on him for a, a couple, mm-hmm. three years while we're, uh, you know, evening things out. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, good luck to everybody involved. Yeah, this was posted 20 hours ago, so I'm wondering maybe we'll get an update soon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite a recent one. Okay. In the interest of fairness... <laughs> I have a gym post because right. that's our theme of the month, I guess. This is yeah, I guess because we're both we're both in the gym now. And Op is twenty six year old male. Mm-hmm. The title is a girl from the gym is being very creepy and stalkery with me. Wow, he doesn't know how old she is at all. I'm assuming she's probably like early twenties. He says girl, so I assume he thinks early twenties. I joined a gym around two months ago, and whenever I go there, there is always this girl around my age. The first few weeks I went, I could see her staring at me. Just creepy staring at me, dot, dot, dot. Two weeks ago, she approached me and asked my name. I introduced myself, and she asked if she could run next to me. I said that I would be honored to run with her, my attempt of being polite. While we were running, she took pictures of me and selfies with me in the background. I pretended not to notice, but that was really creepy, and it felt super invasive. I kind of wanted to ask her to delete those. After that run, she asked me for my number. I thought it was weird, so I put my number wrong on purpose, but she called to check if it was correct. Then she confronted me for giving her the wrong number. I only put one wrong number... I only put one number wrong because I imagined that could happen. So I ended up giving her my real number and she made sure it was correct. Whenever I go to the gym, if she sees me on the treadmill, she texts me to go where she is. Not as in an invitation, but as an order. If I ignore the message, Hmm. which is always, she stops whatever she's doing and tries to join me in whatever I'm doing. If I'm going to the bathroom, she wants to go too and waits outside the men's bathroom until I come out. After the gym, she wants to walk together. I take a five-minute taxi to my home now. I told her I live super far away, but it's like a ten-minute walk. Now I just take a taxi. What the fuck? She replies to my Snapchat and WhatsApp stories with hearts, asks me how my day is, and asks if I would like to hang out. She texted me at 2 a.m. a few minutes ago, saying that she missed me at the gym today and noticed I was online. She asked me where I was. I also found she also found me on LinkedIn earlier as well and followed some of my Whoa. friends on Instagram. Jesus! A few points. Number one, I don't like being mean. I like to be a gentleman. Number two, I am gay, but I don't feel like disclosing my sexuality to every stranger I meet. Fair. Three, even though I don't Mm -hmm. talk about my sexuality a lot, it's easy to notice I'm gay. The guy I like is my phone background. I have LGBT flags on all my social media. Four, there are ways to approach people and she is just not doing the correct one. If I was straight, I would probably not go out with her either. I think she is super pretty, but the way in which she is treating me feels very weird. I don't know what her intentions are. She may be a super sweet girl, but I don't enjoy the vibe. I don't want to be rude to her and tell her to leave me alone. I don't want to tell her I am gay because it's obvious and I don't want to feel forced to come out to people I don't know. I don't want her to hate me and plot to murder. I don't want her to hate me and plot my murder while I'm running at the gym, but I don't want to stop going to that gym. How would you handle this? Help. I do not think the worst of this girl, but I'm a bit creeped out, to be honest. Dude, she's got to tell to leave you alone. Uh, That's... This is super sketch behavior, and I would tell the gym management first. Yes. Couple of things. Maybe I would send her a message about it instead of telling her in person at the gym. Yeah. Yes. Because... If it's gotten to the point where you're taking a taxi home so she doesn't know where you live, yeah. like, that's you need to, yeah, shit needs to get, 
handled. And then tell gym management and say, hey, this girl's been bothering me. I don't think, I mean, it seems like he is doing that thing that people do where they're like, well, it's not that bad. They're not hurting me and she seems nice. Yeah, their intentions seem okay. And it's like, yeah, but also it's clearly making you feel uncomfortable. It's costing you money. (laughs) Right. And so you need to take steps to protect yourself. It seems like she just thinks she's flirting, but maybe is doing a bad job. (laughs) It's like, it's harassment though. Yeah. Like, on LinkedIn? Who finds you on LinkedIn? Yeah. Honestly, that's desperation. Yeah. God. God alive. That's really worrying. And I get it where he's like, I don't think I need to come out to her. I think you should just say, hi, I'm not interested in a relationship or something like that. I'm already talking to someone. Whatever. I think I would be like, oh, God. I think if it was me, I'd be like, hey, I don't come to the gym to make friends. I come to the gym to work out. <laughs> I came here so, to win. <laughs> yeah, I came here to get swole AF. And like, I would prefer it if you didn't come over. I think that would be the nicest way, the nicest but firmest way to say something. Do it on Snapchat or whatever so that you're not having this conversation in person so she doesn't freak out and flip and whatever. Um, But yeah, that's oof, oof. Or uh, this might be something else that you could do. Maybe bring a friend to the gym for a while. If you have some gyms that let you put a friend pass on um, and like you can bring your friend for a few sessions and just make sure that you are always chatting to that friend and you are just not speaking to her. Maybe she will get the message then also. But it, that also gives you a little bit of extra protection, right? Like then you can walk together or yeah. whatever. Yeah, because if I think you should tell her you're not into it you know, you're not interested, you know, I'm happy saying hi, but I don't really come here to chat with people. I just want to get my workout in and leave mm-hmm. and let let management know. And that way, if, you know, sh- this behavior escalates, there's like a record of it. Yeah. Or I don't know how that works. If they write it down or just like smile and nod and say, okay, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> because we have, we, we have the, the other problem here where Lots of people don't believe it's harassment if a girl is doing it to a guy. Yeah. And you don't know how seriously the gym management is going to take this. So, yeah, that's really worrying. And I would delete her off Snapchat and everything, delete her number, just get rid. Um, Got to cut her off at the source. Yeah. Send a message, tell management, bring a friend to the gym for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks because, I mean, it seems like he also has a little bit of that going on where he's like, well, it's not that big of a deal because she's mm-hmm. she's harmless. She doesn't mean anything by it. But like, if it's making you uncomfortable, yeah, that's harassment. Yeah. If somebody else's behavior at the gym is, is upsetting to you or in any public space and it seems like they're targeting you, whether it's they're targeting you out of like extreme niceness because they think they're flowing with you or if they're targeting you for other reasons like somebody needs to know and you have to get that documented yep we don't want you to end up on a true crime podcast (laughs) yeah okay well this one's kind of similar to the first one i guess but i think we didn't do this one last week am i the asshole for pretty much giving my wife an ultimatum no i don't think so pretty similar to the first post thematically speaking all right Ooh, doing lots of family (laughs) stuff today OP and wife are in their late 30s, and they have two girls who are 14 and 16. That's important. Okay. 
Am I the asshole for pretty much giving my wife an ultimatum? That's so vague. It could be anything. It could be anything. My wife and I are in our late 30s and have two girls. My wife works in a pretty high-stress position that often requires a lot of travel, sometimes up to two full weeks a month. But the job is in her desired field, and she's worked hard to get to where she is. And it pays well, which is a plus. I work in a lower-stress job with more flexible hours, but it doesn't pay as well. Because of my wife's job, I have been the parent that attends to most of our kids' needs. I take them to our activities, I attend all the games and recitals, I take them shopping, taught our oldest how to drive, etc. A few weeks ago, my wife got a job offer from a client of hers that she's worked with for years. It would be a more stable position that would pretty much eliminate her travel, and would also come with a nice bump in pay. Hmm. The only problem is that the job is literally across the country, like 2,000 miles away. When she told me about it, she was beyond excited because this job would finally give her a chance to be at home with our girls again. She was talking about it like it was already decided that she would take the job and we would move. I tried to share in her initial excitement, but all I could think of was leaving behind the life that the girls and I had built here. My wife sensed that I wasn't as enthusiastic about the job as she was, and she asked me what was up. I told her the girls are at an age now where the uprooting their lives and leaving all their friends behind would be a pretty drastic change, and that we needed to get their input before making any decisions. She agreed and we spoke with them. Both of the girls wanted to stay where we are. Neither liked the idea of moving and starting in new schools. They like their friends, they like their school, they like their sports and activities here. My wife got upset and tried to convince them how much better it would be for her to have a job that actually allowed her to be present in their lives again. But my oldest pretty much told her she was being selfish for asking them to uproot their lives just so she could feel better about herself. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Savage. Savage AF. In the way only a 16-year-old can do. Right? My wife broke down in tears after the talk and confessed to me that she thought this new job would be an easy decision for us and I should help her convince our daughters that it was the right choice. I told her that I wasn't going to do that. I told her we should wait until the girls are done with high school before moving cross-country like that. She said this kind of job opportunity doesn't come around that often. And if she doesn't take it, then she doesn't know if she'll ever have a chance like this again. She said she felt like I was forcing her to choose between her family and her career. And I told her that's pretty much exactly the decision she needs to make. She asked what would happen if she took the job and I told her I would probably stay here with our girls. She called me an asshole and now isn't talking to me. The end. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's way different when your kids are little, I think. Like, if the if the ages of the kids were five and three, who gives a fuck? But the girls are right. Like, they have all their friends here. High school's hard enough. Uh... In a couple of years, they're going to have to go to college and make brand new friends all over again. And yeah, no. Nah. Oh, okay. The reason why I didn't save any comments is because there's hella comments. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So here's some clarification. Before we had kids, we both had jobs in our desired fields. Not because, but because my desired field, sports journalism, paid a lot less than hers while also requiring travel, we both made the decision that she would continue pursuing her career while I found a different job that allowed me to take on the brunt of childcare. This was a mutual decision, and I don't necessarily look at it as a sacrifice on my part. Yet, also, the, tra the travel aspect of her career didn't really come into play until the last decade or so. Before that, it was maybe a few trips a year. But she got promoted, and that changed to monthly trips. I wouldn't say she enjoyed the travel, she just saw it as a necessary thing for her job. My wife and I have had numerous talks over the years about her looking into different job opportunities that would allow her to be home more. She has either refused to look or would tell me that she's looked and the only jobs available in her field would be a step down for her. So it's not like I forced her to stay in this job the entire time. Hmm. Another tricky one. 
I feel like if you have kids, you should be home to look after them. I mean, if it's a mutual thing... Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that she, like, duped the husband or anything. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if for the last decade you have been taking two-week trips every month and you're not going to any sports games, any dance recitals, none of that shit, you're not really a parent at that point. You're just a money provider. Well, it says specifically sometimes up to two weeks a month. So not necessarily 50-50. I know she says she does want to stay home and and be with the kids more. But But I think if you're trying to make that happen by moving them 2,000 miles away, Mm -hmm. that's going to backfire immediately. Yeah. And I don't really have any... I mean, from the post, I don't have any indication that she even, like, knows what her kids are into, or, like... I mean, the post doesn't go into that detail or whatever, but is this is this where she, like, doesn't even know who her kids are, and she thinks this is, like, excellent bonding opportunity, or is that, like... What am I trying to say here? Or is that just something she's saying so that she can get the job that she wants? Yeah, because she had the opportunity to do it multiple times, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says in the comments that he supported her taking a pay cut to spend more time with the kids. But now that mm-hmm. they're almost grown, she's probably feeling a bit of regret for spending too much yes. time at her job. So now she wants to move them across country. I mean, I, I, I think I'm yeah. on his side for sure as far as... Yeah. I think not only would it be a dick move to move them across country so that you can spend more time with them mm-hmm. so that you can keep advancing your career. But it's also going to backfire because the kids have or- literally said like that. Kid we, <laughs> said, yeah. If you do this, th- we know that it- it'll just be so you can feel better about yourself. And it seems like you haven't really fostered a relationship with them. That's why, that's why I was thinking, does she even know these kids? Yeah. Because they straight call her out like you're being really selfish and you're not doing this for the right reasons the kids are resentful and they can't be doing something like moving across country if that's just going to deepen the divide nothing will get better there kids will probably never speak to you again yeah and especially at the age that they're at again like Mm -hmm. like if they were nine and eleven wouldn't be an issue yeah because the eleven-year-olds going to be starting middle school or whatever, you know. they're going to be changing schools anyway. So right, it's it's a better age, but now they're going to have just enough time to be mad at their mom for two years before going away to college, probably where they like moving back to where they were from to do college. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's that's rough. So so the final verdict is no assholes here. Um, which sure, mm. but I think that the Mom, his wife wants to have her cake and eat it too. Right. Absolutely. And doesn't care how much the other people have to give up. Yeah. And this is like 90s movie dad reversed. (laughs) Oh, but this will be great for our family, he says, while he continues to spend no time at home. And yeah. Yeah. So the top comment, um, I'm going to read because I feel like it's a very interesting take. 
this is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I think you should strongly consider the move. Your wife's current job has her traveling roughly two weeks a month. That means she is only living with her family about half of every year. Before the pandemic, I was having to travel increasingly more often for my job, and it was awful. It's stressful, extremely tiring, and really bad for your health, as your sleep schedule is erratic, and you can't plan healthy meals or work out. Frankly, as your wife gets older, this job is going to be unsustainable, and the older she gets, the harder it's going to be to find a new job. She is not horrible or selfish for wanting to be able to live with her family more than half the year, plus get a raise. Moving is hard, especially for the 16-year-old, and it's not a decision to be made lightly, but you should at least try to understand your wife's perspective. You and your girls have basically told her you don't care that you only see her 180 days out of the year, that seeing your social circle is more important to you than seeing her. Whether you meant it or not, you've communicated to her quite clearly she's unimportant in her li- in your lives. Mm. It says sometimes up to two full weeks. She has also made that decision. She's made the decision. Because she could have left the job. Exactly. Like, it's not that they're saying, oh, we hate you, we don't want you in the family. It's, you've. this is the bed you made. We're lying. We're all lying in this bed now. Like, it's not as simple as, now I now this is what I want. I should have it. Now I want to be at home. I should be allowed to do it at the expense of everybody else. Because she's already been doing shit at the expense of everybody else for the last decade. Yeah, it. it she has prioritized her job over her kids for more than a decade and now wants to flip the switch without making any sacrifices on her own part. Like, she wants them to sacrifice to assuage her own guilt. It seems like that's projecting, Mm -hmm. but or that's speculation, but it seems like that's what she wants to do. I think it's probably accurate speculation, judging how she cried and begged oh please let's move please convince them that this is the best thing to do like you convince them because you're you're the parent that they listen to the most that you're the one who they trust like she knows what she's done yeah this comment i really like it sounds like he feels that she's valued her career over their family all along and this is just more of the same Mm -hmm. exactly that's what it sounds like to me and everybody a lot of people in the comments are saying uh that you shouldn't take the teenager's into like opinion into account because they're always going to choose their friends over their family teenagers are people too like how many times do we have to say this teenagers are people and they can make decisions they may not always be good decisions but they can make decisions their opinions are valid okay this person says look you're the asshole your kids are still young and trust me they will get over it and then someone responded i was this teen i didn't get over it until college and my relationship with my parents was never the same I spent three years depressed before getting out and spending as little time at home as I could. These kids are 14 and 16, not five. This isn't something that will be solved in a couple of weeks of being cranky. They have friends and lives. Yeah, and, you know, moving across country, there's no guarantee they'll have the same opportunities that they have right now. If they're on a soccer team, you know, not every single school has a soccer team for girls. Yeah. So if that's something that they really want to pursue or something they're hoping that they might be able to get a scholarship for at college later on, that's shitting on their futures. That's not as simple as, oh, we'll find you another ballet class in New York, dear. Pat on the head. Yeah, It's bullshit. This person says, people have to move sometimes. If they can't get over that in a reasonable amount of time, it means there are other things going on that the parents didn't handle it well. Not everyone will have such a hard time with it. They've told you that they will have a hard time with it. That wasn't OP that said that. Right. They've said that they don't want it. And they don't have to move. That's what the debate is about. They don't have to move. It's not like they're going to be homeless if they say no. 
or that she's going to get fired if she says no. This is an extra job opportunity. It's not the only job opportunity. Her job is still there. Wow. Okay. I understand both sides. I was offered a job across the country three years ago that literally tripled my pay. One of my kids was a rising senior, other was a sophomore with friends and a boyfriend, one elementary schooler. One thing I've never forgotten is sitting in a drive through line when the call came in and offering me the job. I heard the salary and saw stars. Then I looked over beside me and my daughter was sitting next to me with tears rolling down her cheeks silently. One of the moments I still cry about. We ended up moving. My husband supported my decision. It's in period even encouraged it? I don't know. Typo. Two of the kids adapted very well, have lots of friends, and settled in fine over the last three years. One of them, the senior, went on to graduate and has gone to college here, but has never been nearly as happy as he was in our previous state. That makes me sad, too. If I had a do-over, I might wait a couple years. I tried to convince my husband to stay behind in our old state so son could finish school, but he was too excited to join me in the new state. Reverse diehard. Um, yeah. You know, teenagers have a lot going on, and... If you're willing to sacrifice their mental health for your job opportunity, I kind of think shame on you. Like, it's not easy being a teenager. And a lot of that is just senseless teenager bullshit. But a lot of it is like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm trying to figure out my identity. You know, what if I'm queer? What if... It's just a lot. Of... There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, It's formative. And you can't just go, all right, we're going to get that money, honey. Let's go. Um... That's not fair. Yeah. And some people in the comments are like, I was in the military and we moved around a lot. And I guarantee, I mean, that hurts your education to move around a lot. Not mm -hmm. that they're proposing moving mm -hmm. around a lot, so it's fully different. But this person's like, these military people are like, well, I adjusted just fine. It's like, because you were used to it starting at a young age. Right. That's all you did. Which is also bad. Like, just because you're used to it and adjusted well doesn't mean it wasn't bad for you. Because it was bad for you. <laughs> Come for me. I think that ha moving a lot while having children is educational neglect. Fight me. It's also difficult socially because you can never form meaningful long-term long friendships with anybody because you you yeah. are constantly uprooted all the time. Keeping people at an arm's length because because you uh, know that you're not going to be around them that much longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say not the asshole. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say not the asshole too. Um, he's doing right by his kids. The only way he sees how. Yeah. I can't blame him. Yeah. All right. Last dead donkey here. Not that we really needed it this week, but no, I need it this week. This, this, this week has been a fucking roller coaster. Give me, give me that donkey. The deader, the better. If it's got fucking flies on it, <laughs> if there's like maggots crawling out of his eyes, like give me that donkey. I want it. <laughs> okay, OP is thirty-eight year old man and teaches high school. Okay, am I the asshole for keeping tampons and pads in a basket for my students? shock horror you should see the number of awards this person has they have 139 helpful awards 169 oh, wholesome shit. awards nice 108 nice. silvers and just a bunch of other shit four golds two platinums lots wow. of shit hey everyone 
I'm a father of two daughters, and I teach high schoolers here in California. Since we started off the school year recently, I've been noticing our female students have been having some issues, and it's hard for them to have, find tampons, pads, etc. when they need it. As a father myself, I understand that those are essentials for women. So something I, so same thing I do with my daughters, I bought a bunch of tampons and pads and placed it in a basket in our class so our female students can grab one anytime and it's convenient for them. The whole class loves it. Nobody says anything, and overall it's helpful for our students. Now my colleague teacher next door, whose name is Susan, she's like 60, I think she thinks it's inappropriate that I have that for my female students, and she told me it's weird because I'm a male. I don't find it weird or anything, because there isn't anything to be weird about it. What's wrong with a period? Nothing. It's natural, and it happens. To make it convenient for my students, I made the basket, and they love it, and also refill the basket on a consistent basis. Edit. Some kind Redditors are sending me messages asking for my Venmo so I can buy more pads or tampons for the class. First off, thank you so much, but I don't need the money. It's all good. I make a good living from teaching here in California, so buying pads and tampons isn't expensive for me, but I appreciate it. What a good guy. Yeah. I have also noticed the same thing. I have had way more kids this year asking me, do you have a pad? Do you have a tampon? Than previous years. I don't think I've had, I think in the, the first four month, uh, weeks of school, I think I've had five separate kids ask me. That never normally happens. That's more than I've ever been asked in my entire teaching career. Yeah, especially with like eighth graders, they probably need a little extra help because if they started mm-hmm. their periods during quarantine the first time, yeah, then they... Need a little help managing, probably. This is an excellent idea. What a good guy. Um, it, I did something similar at my wedding. Is This was my sister-in-law's idea. We had a basket in the bathroom, and it had like a bunch of emergency supplies in it. So there was like tit tape, and uh, band-aids, and blister pads, and um, tampons and things, just in case anybody like had shoes that rubbed, or that they came on the period, or whatever. And it was awesome. And now whenever anybody's planning a wedding, I'm like, you should do this because this is great. There's nothing worse than being caught at a party and then your period comes and you're like, oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Worse than being uh, at school, worse. (laughs) Uh, At school, worse. That happened to me two weeks ago. (laughs) I was teaching. I was like literally kneeling down, like helping a kid with a problem. And then I had this like terrible cramp. And the kids saw my face pale and they were like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I had to call the teacher next door and be like, I have a, I have a lady emergency. I need you to look after my kids for like five minutes. <laughs> I am so lucky this year that I have my next door teacher has a co-teacher and then I have a co-teacher three periods. So there's always someone nearby if I need to run to the restroom or get copies or something. So yeah, that's nice. It was just, uh yeah. That's the first time that's happened for me in a long time. So... I get it. I get it. And it's embarrassing. Kids don't want to ask you. They would rather just grab it. Be yeah. able to get what they need and, and go. Um it's something I'm I'm actually putting in my classroom on Monday. Yeah. So. I think I'll do that when we get back from break. I mean I have them, but I just you know, it's probably better if they're just out. Uh yeah. as long as they are next to my desk in a way that like the students like won't fuck with them. Well, the first couple yes. of weeks of school, I saw two condoms on separate occasions just on the ground. What? Not They were out of the package. There was nothing in them, but they were just probably right. using them for stupid balloon animals or something. But I could see them taking tampons and being like, ooh, what's this? Mm-hmm. Shove it yeah. up my nose. Okay. Yeah. 
and chew on it behind my mask because why not <laughs> in the comments he says none of my students have found it weird at all in general like no one has ever made a point about it and keep in mind you know these are high schoolers all of them are mature and they all understand it and are close to 18 and i think this is a great example of how you set the tone mm -hmm. for students like like with the dress code thing, if you make it shameful for students to be wearing a crop top, then they're going to start to feel embarrassed. But if you don't even blink about it, then it's going to be fine. So having those things out not only allows them to grab it when they need it, but also destigmatizes it because it's not like hidden in a cabinet somewhere, you know? And it also allows you to challenge people who are sniggering about it too. Like, oh, why are there these out? You'd be like, what's the problem? Yeah, they're medical supplies. Is there a problem? Is it is it harming you? Do you need to talk to somebody about it? Or can you just leave it alone? Because, yeah, it's... Even for middle school, it's different. Because boys. But for high school, yeah, it's not a problem at all. What a hero. What a hero, man. My, um... My GSA students also said that they would like to see teachers calling out bigoted comments, just not not having a small conversation, not, you know, pulling that student aside and saying, hey, not, mm -hmm. that's not cool. Calling them out in the, in the middle of class if they say it. Oh, I do yeah. that. I do that all the time. Especially the, the word that is the most prevalent currently is retard. Ugh. Fucking hate that word so much. Honestly, it's just so unnecessary and nasty. And because they're middle schoolers, it's like, oh, that's so retarded. I'm like, do you know what that word means? Do you have any idea what that actually means? No. Then why are you saying it? This is what it means. This is the history of it. Don't say it in my class. Yeah. It's just an unnecessary meanness for nothing. Yeah. That's that's a big one with me, too. And I make it clear, like... Uh, it's funny, because I'll be like, you're not allowed to say the R word. And they'll be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. what's the R word? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, they because don't know. They no, no one's idea. ever referred to it that way because they just, mm -hmm. they don't think the four letter words are the bad ones that you're not allowed to say. Right. I don't give a fuck if you use the word fuck, just don't use the other F word, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to explain. And I have to be like, if you're not sure what word is appropriate or not, you're welcome to message me or ask me about it privately or ask the yeah. person quietly who's sitting next to you and I'm sure they'll tell you. <laughs> I said to my kids at the beginning of this year, if your mother would slap you if you said it in front of your grandma, you don't say it in here. Oh, yeah. A student asked me, because we were doing the timeline for um, the Greek theogony, the, like, origin and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about how Oranos, Uranus, gets his genitals mm -hmm. cut off. And they're like, should we illustrate that on the poster? I'm like, listen, okay, here's the rule. If the principal walked in and was like, hey, guys, what you doing? You should feel no problem showing your poster to her and explaining exactly what it is. And they're like, okay, yeah, I got it. I'm pretty sure I've said that on the podcast before, but like the principal <laughs> rule, if you're cool with showing the principal and your grandparents, well, maybe not the grandparents, but. I, I always say, I always say, look, if you, if your mom would hit you, if you said it in front of an elderly relative, you are not allowed to say it in here. You imagine me as your grandma. That if is, you would get the chonklas. <laughs> if you would get the chonkla, you don't do it. And I have, I have a lot of um, kids of Hispanic and Mexican heritage yeah. in my class. They're like, the chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> I know the what chocolate. the chocolate is. We don't, we don't need this. I don't want to be chocolate. That that means sandal for you guys. They get smacked with the sandal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get hit with the sandal. Uh, straight off the foot. There's not a special sandal. It's like they kick it off and straight off. <laughs> yeah. That's, 
that's the, the funnest thing I've learned about Mexican <laughs> culture. Uh, culture is the chancla. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> the kids were very excited to teach me my first year uh, teaching in California. They were like, you don't know what a chancla is? I was like, no. I'm like, let us enlighten you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let us tell you about chancla. It's yeah. very fun. I, I love it when it's what a mutual it? exchange of education. They teach us, we teach them. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. And let's see. Um, oh, OP also says... For the males and for the whole class, I keep a nice basket filled with snacks and meals. Students are free to grab as many as they need any time. I don't discriminate with my students at all. I'm equal to everyone. Males also can have deodorants, and I also place fresh new clean shirts in the basket because a lot of the males in my class this year and last year are in football, and due to sweat or getting dirty, sometimes they need a clean shirt, so they just grab it and go. Oh, that's real good. What a good guy. This is one of those things where I'm like, this is really sweet, and I'm very sad. It makes me very sad that you have to do this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fortunately, this year in California, all meals are free for students, so they get breakfast and lunch free. And they're continuing it next year. So I'm hoping this is going to be a long-term thing because it's so much less that we have to deal with, except for the fact that now the lunch Mm -hmm. lines are just extremely long and they quote unquote can't hire people because no one's taking the nutrition services jobs because they're not raising the pay. Yeah, I can, I can solve that for you. Just raise the pay and people will take the jobs. Pay above minimum wage. They get like 14 bucks an hour, which I do believe is California minimum wage at the moment. So yeah, sucks. Uh. Um, yeah, good, good job for OP. Good guy, OP. I also have gotten snacks and water this year. The other day, a student was up out of his seat, and I was like, what do you need while you're out of your seat? And he's like, I'm just asking for eye drops. And I was like, you know I have everything. And I go to my desk and I pull out eye drops, and I'm like, make sure you don't touch your eye with them. Here you go. <laughs> I can't use them anyway because they are not for contacts now. So they're my old ones. Yeah. yeah. I have Band-Aids. I have, um, I have KT tape. I have... <laughs> All kinds of office supplies, snacks, many different kinds of snacks, water, paper, notebooks, whatever they need. Yep. Hand cream. Hand cream. Yeah, that's a big one, especially with winter is coming. Yep. All the girls are like, "If you could, my hands are so dry. And I'm like, would you like some hand cream? And then they look at me like, do you have hand cream? I'm like, yeah, I, my hands are also dry. Would you like some of my hand cream? I have the nice hand cream for me and I have the gift hand cream for you that I got as a present. Oh no, we all use the same hand cream. <laughs> so I'm like, look, it doesn't smell fancy, but it will keep your hands moisturized. They're like, yeah, lay it on me, the medical stuff. So my school is providing masks for the students, but they're these really shitty white cloth masks and the ear loops will stretch out or break it's just not very snug they're just bad and i cannot find paper masks anymore i guess i'm just gonna have to buy them in bulk on amazon because they're not giving us the paper mask it's like fuck you i just i i brought it up to the principal how they suck they're not doing anything they're a safety issue Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Nope, that's the ones that the district chose. They probably bought 100,000 of them or something and now have to give them all away before they get new ones. So that's good. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I I mean, I think all good teachers do this. It sucks that we have to, but yeah. 
pay us more money. You know what? I think that each teacher should get a $500 stipend to use for supplies every year. But yeah, know. I think we're going to get 100 bucks this year, which is nice. Oh, no, only sped we teachers, get... actually. Oh, which good for them. They've, they fucking deserve yeah, all for, the money in the entire teachers, world. They fucking, yeah, they move mountains for those kids. They when you are. sign up to be a sped teacher, they should give you a free vacation home. <laughs> Fuck, they should just give you a medal and say that you are only going to have to work for three years of your life because everything else will be provided for them. <laughs> like, I don't know how anybody's a sped teacher, and I love my sped teachers. They are incredible people. Yeah. We are still missing a sped teacher. We were missing two English teachers up until a few weeks ago, or until last week, actually. Mm-hmm. And good, good. Keep in mind that Friday is the end of our first quarter um, because we started so early, mm-hmm. and we had a we had a situation where a guy was hired to teach freshmen and, and ten in ELD, and he quit in two days. Jesus. And so. That's interesting and fun. So I'm going to, so then they hired a woman and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to support you. Here's everything that you need. Let me know if you need me to come yell at your students. Cause I had them all last year. <laughs> like, I know who they are. I will fight yeah. them. Yeah. I also told my students, uh, speaking of fighting, I was like, if you get me sick over fall break by not wearing your mask on the last day of school, I will come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I have all of your addresses. I used to say that to the kids all the time. I'd be like, if you do not revise for your end of year exams, I know where you live. I will come to your house. I will quiz you on the doorstep while you're in your pajamas. And then I will drive you to your exam. I don't care. <laughs> they were all like, okay. Which, of course, we would never do that. Or at least I wouldn't. But <laughs> No. Please, please never look at this podcast as like a historical document <laughs> of our depravity. Like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty meek and mild in my normal everyday all life. All the good things we say are true. All the bad things we say are satire. Yeah, don't quote me on this. It's a good time. Um, so my subreddit of the week, you're gonna be very excited. <laughs> it is our writing prompts. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> That's what we like. Uh, they have some good ones on yeah. there. There's a couple on there where people have done the writing prompt and then they've made it into a novel and now they're published, which is pretty radical. Yeah, because wasn't there one um, that, that Rome won? I can't remember what it's called, but it was made into like a yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so a lot of these people, too, they have um, they have their own subreddits that have spun off. Yeah. So let me get to the top of all time before just scrolling Just a down. cool, creative place. Very little judgment. Um, you can have a, as long or as short of a response as you want. Sometimes they're like short and brutal. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, two sentence horror story is also a good, uh, a good. Oh my god! Okay, the highest writing prompt of all time is from five years ago. The year is 1910. Adolf Hitler, a struggling artist, has fought off dozens of assassination attempts by well-meaning time travelers, but this one is different. This traveler doesn't want to kill Hitler. He wants to teach him how to paint. He pulls off his hood to reveal the frizzy afro of Bob Ross. (laughs) That's already a fantastic story. That doesn't need any embellishment. That's already great. (laughs) Yeah, like sometimes the writing prompt itself is it. Um, Then there's one from four years ago about net neutrality. Then the next one down is, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Mr. Bond. I'm going to stick you in a spacesuit with a radio and strap you into one of my cars. Then while mankind watches, I'll launch you into space. The last thing you'll hear before leaving this earth forever will be their applause. (laughs) 
That's really good. Oh, this is a good one. You lost your sight along with everyone else on Earth in the Great Blinding. Two years later, without warning, your sight returns. As you look around, you realize that every available wall, floor, and surface has been painted with the same message. Don't tell them you can see. Damn. That's, I mean, someone just read blindness. Um, The book Blindness... Uh, it was originally written in Portuguese and translated to English. The book itself does not use names and uses very little punctuation, which to me, as someone who very often, you know, imagines mm-hmm. in their head what the book scene looks like as they're reading, it's it's a yes. very effective at, like, making that extremely difficult. So it almost simulates the blindness that the characters in the book are feeling. But I'm going to tell you right now, I couldn't read that book. I, I got quarter of the way through it and i'm like i get the point thank you <laughs> it's like i can't i can't i'm reading um the handmaid's tale right now oh fuck i can't cope with books that don't have dialogue punctuation it just drives me insane Does it have hyphens before dialogue no no it just it, it just exists mm. and, and i'm enjoying the book and i love margaret atwood and whatever but for the love of fucking christ please punctuate yeah <laughs> like it just drives me it drives me mad a lot of these prompts are like really effective horror prompts. Yeah. So there's like the, the one "Do not look at the moon" is a good one. Um, oh, that's um. Oh gosh. Okay. Do not look. Okay. Hang on a sec. There's a there's a YouTube series that's kind of similar to like Marble Hornets, where it's supposed to be real. It's called like Channel Thirty Four or something. Hey Matt, his headphones on. <laughs> I'll, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, we're still recording, but I'm asking, what is that channel that has the "Don't Look at the Moon"? Oh, Local Fifty Eight or Local Fifty Seven, something like that. Yes, Local Fifty Eight. Thank you. So you type in Local Fifty Eight. It's um, it's there's no jump scares, so you can watch it. It's just kind of, it's just very creepy and unsettling. It's a horror anthology web like, series. Welcome to Night Vale, but on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. It's it's a little bit creepier than Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a little more like Marble Hornets, um, but it is, it's interesting. And there's also a, a film theory video about it by Matt Pat. That's good before his channel t- turned into just trash about Five Nights at Freddy's, but... <laughs> <laughs> Channels rather, but yeah, there's a really good. If just watch them and then watch the MatPat video, it's pretty good. Um, very sim. It's don't look at the moon horror. You have hundreds of notifications, hundreds of random numbers are sending. It's a beautiful night tonight. Look outside. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a very night veil that is directly ripped off from local 58. Okay, um, because it's from 2015 and this that prompt is from three years ago. Um, I wonder if that coincides with the MatPat video, that'd be interesting. But it's a somewhat found footage. It's got a lot of different genres. Just watch them in order. It's very fun. Um, anyway, a woman has been dating guy after guy, but it never seems to work out. She's unaware that she's actually been dating the same guy over and over. A shapeshifter who's fallen for her and is certain he's going to get it right this time. And then in the in the <sighs> body of the post, it says horror story or romantic comedy. <laughs> so there's some there's some really good ones like that, and then there's like some good comedy ones. So this one is, you're Barack Obama. Four months into your retirement, you awake to find a letter with no return address on your bedside table. It reads, I hope you've had a chance to relax, Barack, but please back your bags and call the number below. It's time to start the real job. Signed simply JFK. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think would be like, just a fucking amazing comedy spy thriller. That'd be very, very good. Yeah, very Kingsman-y. Oh, here's the Roman one. Two years ago, I responded to a prompt about the Roman Empire surviving till 1999. Now it's a full-length novel. There we um, go. That's the one. 
the hottest show in the afterlife for the past decade, Steve Irwin wrangling all sorts of supernatural creatures. <laughs> That's, a good That's cute. I like that. Okay, the, the book is called Rex Electi. Hmm. And I swear to God, there was a movie that's called like something a realm, whatever. But yeah, if you're struggling, if you're a writer and you're struggling for uh, inspiration, this is just a great thing where you can piddle about and go, oh, this is, this is good. Your entire life, you've been told you're deathly allergic to bees. You've always had people protecting you from them, be it your mother or a hired hand. Today, one slips through and lands on your shoulder. You hear a tiny voice say, your majesty, what are your orders? Fucking Jupiter ascending. <gasps> oh my god. Um, All of the number one dad mugs in the world changed to the actual ranking of dads. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. Oh, I must read uh, those. An alien has kidnapped Matt Damon not knowing what lengths humanity goes through to retrieve him whenever he goes missing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, was a, there was an infographic uh, a couple of years ago where it showed the actual cost of saving Matt Damon in every single movie he's out to be saved in, and it was like billions of dollars. <laughs> um, so that, that's a good one. As Pride Month nears its end, the other six members of the Seven Deadly Sins begin to wonder when they'll get months dedicated to them. Pride, meanwhile, is just trying to get them to understand that he's not actually the focus of Pride Month. <laughs> I don't think Pride would be doing that. I think he would be convincing them that he is the focus. Oh, yeah, for sure. You never kill any spiders in your home. You just whisper, today you, tomorrow me, when you set them outside. Now in your most dire moment, an army of spiders arrives to have your back. No, the one, be the one below that is my favorite one. Jesus, take the wheel. Satan, get behind me. Buddha, man of 50 cow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very Why good. Why is this one good. yellow? You're a biologist who made a deal with the devil, eternity in hell after death, in return for unlimited funding for your research. The funding was worth it. You discovered immortality, and the devil is not happy about this. <laughs> very That's good. Cute. That's, that is very good. That's a very um, Terry Pratchett <laughs> writing prompt. Your daughter has been begging you for a pony and you told us to write a letter to Santa. On Christmas morning, you find a fire-breathing horse in your front yard and a package by your front door. Looks like she wrote a letter to Satan and he delivered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, this is great. This is great. If you love stuff on uh, our writing prompts, there's also our um, two-sentence horror story, Ooh. which is also incredibly good. Some real creepy stuff in there. Okay, I'm gonna save that for uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of traction um, in on uh, Art All because they're so short and sweet. Um, but yeah, it's also very good. Oop. Is it two, the number two? No, it's the word two. All right, saving that for later. Lovely. There we go. Okay. This is one of those ones where we're gonna be there forever. Yes. So instead... While I read these, you can send me your favorite writing prompts at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can add us on Twitter at are the letter you the word serious pod, or email us at are the letter you the word serious pod at gmail.com. Uh, tell me what, what, in a Steve Irwin style, uh, what kinds of supernatural creatures you think would be the best to wrangle. On Twitter at esme underscore c underscore knows, as in knows lots of things, uh, or you can find us on Facebook. Uh, the letter R slash the letter U serious podcast. Um, okay, so I just went to the top of all time of two sentence horror. It's just two sentence horror. Mm -hmm. And the top one of all time is ripping off an Emo Phillips bit, which is a, he's kind of a niche-ish stand-up comedian from the 90s. When we saw Weird Al, he opened for Weird Al. But the top wow. is, all my life, my parents have told me not to open the basement door, but I got curious and disobeyed them. What is that glowing ball in the sky and why does it hurt my eyes? <laughs> 
So he has a joke where he says, all my life, my parents told me not to go near the cellar door. But one day I did and I opened it up and saw wondrous things like trees and the sky. He's like one of those uh, comedians where he does the sets up an expectation and inverts it for comedy. Mm -hmm. For comedy. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to save that for Halloween, which is coming up. It's spooky season. Please send me also. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Scary stories. Please tell me what I should dress up for as as for Halloween. Oh, actually... Actually, we need an Eng- not for our English department. We need a theme of costumes to beat the freaking science department because they went they won last year or like last year we had Halloween for the costume contest. So send me a good English themed Halloween costume. It doesn't have to be English themed. You should do all the guardians from uh, series of unfortunate events. Ooh, uh, dressed up as how they died. That would be fun. You're welcome. <laughs> I was thinking of doing different kinds of <laughs> vampires, because that could be funny. Just have, like, your Dracula. Yeah, that would be a good point. Uh, your your um, interview with a vampire, and then you've got your Twilight mm-hmm. guys, like, spiked hair, and that would be funny. You could do a skit where we be beat good. them up. I, wanna, I want an excuse to buy the Buffy forehead prosthetic. The... You don't need an excuse. <laughs> That's true. I could probably just buy one right now. <laughs> You're an adult with money. You don't need an excuse for yeah, anything. Yeah, I can have ice cream for lunch if I want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to go research this. Bye, everybody. Uh, yeah, let's go. 